screw it. He's never going to shut up. I'm going to go use the bathroom. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Grumpy Old Ben's. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America just outside of Chirac where it's about to storm outside, but at least my system isn't blue screening. And from America's left coast where Chaz has officially been declared a terrorist organization and is eagerly awaiting its CIA funding. I'm Ryan Pemrose. Oh, man. I mean, the Chaz thing, the top story on uh, on Fox, which I know people will say they're biased, and I'm sure they are because every media is biased, has a story of one of Seattle's left wing council members that are, of course, blaming right wing agitators for the shooting. It's like, screw you. You have absolutely no proof. This has been a violent mess for days. But the minute something really goes wrong. I mean, it didn't matter when they were looting and burning businesses and all that kind of stuff. But the minute somebody gets killed, well, that's the right wing's fault. Screw you, Seattle. Yeah, the, the only there's only one council member in Seattle who does not self-describe as a socialist. And that is because she straight out says, I am a communist. She just says it. She she is a communist and she wants seattle to become one big happy commune where i guess everybody can be shooting each other without any cops around and and extorting money from the residents and well actually they already do that i don't know i I didn't come here to talk about seattle fuck seattle (laughs) i mean you can just look out your window and see it but it is concerning i mean the police the defund the police movement this past weekend was one of the most deadly in history in all the usual places, including here in Chirac. And of course, what do you think was going to happen in New York when they defund, what was it, like the Violent Crimes Unit or something, and more people start getting shot? Isn't it amazing how this happens when the criminals know that the authority isn't going to be there where crime doesn't magically decrease? It's almost like people are being people to each other and in in the absence of any form of uh, of social strictures to the contrary you you kind of revert to the law of the jungle that seems like what's going on i mean it took thousands of years for humans to evolve from hitting each other over the head for uh competition for food and apparently also for for choosing a mate to you know thou shalt not kill and do unto others as we've done to you and uh in alongside all of this throwing out history and ignoring and rewriting history and and tearing down any symbols of what came before we're actually throwing away all of human development and trying to start again from scratch and it should be no surprise to anybody that we haven't quite got out of the the hitting each other with rocks phase yet oh there's no doubt and how did we nearly instantaneously forget the old adage of those who forget history are doomed to repeat it because that is literally what is going on when these people are intentionally trying to forget history yes so why that is that's the question why would you do that? it's uncomfortable because it hurts their feels 
I don't know. Is it because it hurts their feels or is it because they want complete and utter control? Is it? Well, uh, if you ask them, it's because history is racist and th- because they're because they're making the fallacy of judging deeds of the past by the uh, standards of today and not even the standards of today, but the standards that they've set arbitrarily themselves. Right, because history is racist, but so is the future. So then shouldn't we just nuke the whole planet? Well, it would certainly make things a lot quieter. The, we, well, I mean, not immediately nukes are loud, but yes, there would be there would be a brief few moments of really loud, but then there would be silence and cloud cover. Well, ash, and then the world could be silent and, and very peaceful for a while. But there are so many uh, of these things. We talked about the Aunt Jemima thing on the last show and kind of as I expected, the family of one of the women that played Aunt Jemima are up in arms about you don't say yeah about this erasing their family's history and the first woman that played aunt jemima you mean that that leftists did something and then one of the unintended consequences surfaced again yes i mean they that hardly ever happens except every single time they do stuff the narrative is a little different when it comes down to these stories and that's what gets lost in so many of these things that that are having a broad hammer taken to them by groups like black lives matter and the fact that the woman that first played Aunt Jemima was born into slavery. She was born a slave, was freed, obviously, then became the spokesperson for Aunt Jemima, made millions of dollars being the spokesperson for Aunt Jemima, became famous. And it was one. It should be one hell of a success story because we're still talking about reparations hundreds of years later. Here was a woman who was born a slave and became a millionaire through hard work when she was freed. So where, why do you need reparations? <laughs> it doesn't make any be- sense. Because hu- human nature is to accept handouts. And if you tell people, you know, you can either become rich by working hard or you can become rich by uh, we'll hand you somebody else's money. Uh, I mean, which would you rather do? Well, when you understand the fallacy that somebody else's money is always going to leave you at the bottom of the heap. And for those who didn't yeah. listen and, to and our, dependent on the person doing the handout, yes, which well, is yeah. pretty much what the politicians want. Well, that is. is what the, the political, it, it is all about political control. It is all about uh, controlling the population and making sure, you know, that the, the entire Democrat platform for the last 50 years has been, uh, let's give free stuff to people so that they owe us. And then, We'll just remind them of that at the ballot box. We'll remind them of that and then keep them from actually being able to make their own way, which I think that was the first episode we did. The one on the raising of the minimum wage, where I came across data that I didn't know, things that I didn't know, and was like, holy crap, this whole system was built in such a nefarious way. When it came to the minimum wage, that it wasn't there to help people get a leg up. It wasn't there to help people uh, come from the bottom and work their way up the ladder. It was meant to keep them out of the whole economic system. That's what's insidious about state social programs is they, you know, they are on their surface. They're a distribution of wealth, which is designed to completely screw over a minority so that you could give stuff to presumably the majority because 
in in a democracy it doesn't matter how hard you work or what you've done or or what your value is every single person gets one vote so if you appeal to a large number of people who have never accomplished anything by screwing over the few people who have then it, you you get more votes and that's how you stay in political power um and every single social program it ultimately has that as its root you you give free stuff to people people vote for you and then you make sure that they have to continue voting for you by making them dependent on the state dependent on handouts it's it's truly insulting to imagine that without someone like joe biden or nancy pelosi to hand you free shit that you could never make your way in life it it used to be the american dream that if you worked hard and and struck out on your own that you could become something and and do really well for yourself and then somewhere along the line you know obama redefined the american dream to if you work really hard and stay under the radar then then you can get by and barely make rent and th- that is that is in fact what that party believes of people is we want you, you know, don't, don't ever do, don't ever pop up and, and look around. Don't ever get above anyone else. We have to have equality, but make sure that you, you give us your entire life and soul and you will barely make it to be even with everybody else and survive. And then you stupid serfs who've given your entire lives to our democratic party. Oh, we appreciate that because then of course, you know, all of the, the Democrat, all the richest people in the country are democrats because the the democrat elite they they live high on broken dreams and the backs of the people that they claim to be helping it i'm ranting a lot aren't i they're making their money somewhere there's no doubt about it but this is just the kind of things that should be pointed out which is why it's sad that aunt jemima is being erased from history rather than actually talking about the history and the woman was named Nancy Green that was born a slave. And oh, she was yes, the first I knew her woman. well. It, well, beautiful lady, because she knew how to oh. make pancakes. Like you said in the last episode, that's all you thought of when you saw Aunt Jemima was, oh, this is an older lady like my grandma, and my grandma makes great pancakes. And there yeah. were so many things that were good about this that were forgetting it all, just like a lot of the things going on with the south right because there's nothing about southern united states heritage at all that is worth saving because slavery it doesn't make sense because again you can't have an everything or nothing there there was a period of about 75 80 years where slavery was allowed in the united states and a lot of them were in the south and therefore, everything about the South must be completely discarded. All of their culture, all of their people are evil, horrible people because their parents, 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 grandparents, ancestors from way back, some of them, not even all, like, like 1.2% of people in the South owned slaves, by the way, even the whites. It, it, was, it was less than one in a hundred of the whites in the South that ever owned a slave. Those were the rich. Those were, in fact, uh, literally worthy rich Democrats. <laughs> I mean, the parties switch around a bit, and I'm not going to, I, I uh, unlike them, I'm not going to hold against the Democrats today what people who called themselves Democrats 200 years ago did. 
but but they were literally they were the elites those were the the people who held slaves were the rich white democrats who had all the money and were telling you what to do and now the rich white democrats who have all the money are telling you what to do and still manipulating you for it well and percentages matter and what's happening to the police being vilified now matters which is why i thought the irony of the Aunt Jemima Nancy Green story was great because she was really first came to prominence when she came to Chicago with the Big World's Exposition in 1893. And her booth was so popular. So she was out there meeting people and slinging pancakes, which I mean, that's a beautiful job, slinging pancakes. Yeah, her booth was so popular and it was so overcrowded. The crowd started becoming a problem. They had to call in more police to keep everything orderly so i just i just find the irony of that absolutely hilarious from from a business owner's perspective that's an amazing situation to be in yes and she made a ton of money because she became the brand and obviously the people the the company wasn't originally called aunt jemima it was called something flower and due to the success of the aunt jemima thing at the world's fair in chicago that was all rebranded so this should be in a very, very easy to understand way, should be a positive story. But so many things are being rewritten. And I keep going back to Michelle Obama when Barack Obama was elected. A quote they kept playing from her, which I thought was weird at the time. And people were pointing out, like Glenn Beck, who was called a nut job, when she said, Well, we're going to have to rewrite our history. And that's a really weird thing to say. Because you cannot uh, yeah, well, rewrite history. Well, yes, you can. Well, okay, you can't talk you, to George Orwell about that one. You can't change history, I guess. You can no, rewrite no, it. You can rewrite it. And he who, uh, he who controls the past controls the present. He who controls the present controls the future. Orwell, 1984. Which is why we should be really worried. I mean, the BBC, didn't something in the UK, there was just a story where... Uh, the BBC was like, well, George Orwell's writings don't coincide with our current view upon the world. It's like, wow, are you that far? Uh, uh, wow. Okay. Uh, or just not paying any attention. Yes. Oh, I, you want to hear another, another uh, interesting parallel that I learned? Uh, uh, it's something that was happening during the Civil War uh, was that uh, people, uh, Democrats in the South, were... Uh, uh, during the civil war and even for a couple years afterward were lynching republicans in the streets for the crime of having a different ideology no in in this case the ideology was hey maybe these blacks shouldn't be slaves anymore uh but yeah that i i just thought that was interesting well violence in the street is nothing new and you can make the case you know, people will say things like, well, you know, the Revolutionary War, this is what happened. They overthrew a government and it was a good thing. Right. And yeah, but everything in context matters. Knowing what has come before matters. We're living in a society now where it seems like every bit of information is being skewed in a direction to remove the truth and push a narrative it's one of the common threads that we've had in the podcast since day one it's what no agenda has made bread and butter on from their 10 years plus that the media which holds a very powerful place in society 
And now social media is maybe even more so because the media, you at least for a while, had actual journalists who were doing investigative reporting and there might have been a skew, but there was people that were still fighting for things to be reported fairly and honestly, even if they believe something totally different, understood that being fair and honest were, were very important things in order for the whole country, the whole world to run in the way that it should. Now, social media, any kind of fringe thing is allow, uh, allowed to go. People that are speaking just normal, conservative, kind of Christian things are being pushed into hate speech. And I mean, really, when you say the world is upside down, that's kind of what it seems like. The police we know are under fire. And there was just a, to tie it into a tech story, there was just a huge We, we should do tech stories once in a while on this show, yeah. Well, it all involves this kind of same stuff. 269 gig of U.S. Police Infusion Center data was just leaked, which I don't know exactly the data that's in this yet, but it's going to be really interesting to to see. It's kind of Are, like a WikiLeaks, but based upon the law enforcement the, community. The Fusion Centers, isn't that the thing that was set up by uh, the Bush administration after, like, at 9-11, the, one of the reasons why the, the U.S., the the government was slow to react if if slow is the right word uh there were a lot of complaints that different agencies weren't able to talk to each other quickly and they didn't have you know they didn't all have liaisons and wasn't the fusion center wasn't that the thing that the bush administration set up that every city would have a place where when something citywide happens these people would authoritatively take control over all local agencies and coordinate and order them around well it sounds about right i'm not 100 percent sure but that sounds about right because on the face that was a huge problem and is i mean well we went from the huge problem of we have a bunch of smaller law enforcement groups that are doing things on their own and their information which it's kind of like the old west i love the stories you know gun smoke the old westerns uh where if you were wanted in one state I mean, you just went to another state, you know, you just went to another city because nobody knew you were wanted there. The jurisdictions sure. were totally different. And it was and, like and there were stories about people who committed crimes in one place, even, you know, murderers or whatever, who were wanted and chased down and left the state and then became the sheriff of another town because, hey, they're still a decent gunfighter. Right. Well, which was all that was important, which is why when you're talking about what's going on now in like Seattle and the chop and things like that. That is what you're going to end up getting back to. If you take the police out of the equation and you go back to we're all hitting each other over the head with rocks while we have guns. So you're going to go back to that Western mentality, which is the quickest gun is going to be the most powerful force. And I don't know how any civilized society would want that. But now you have the problem of because of these fusion centers well, and because the, of all the, the data sharing well the data now the culture exists. in the oh, oh, the culture in the old west was was not civilized it was however no. very very free yeah and it was very simple to a, know what was going to happen yeah they had a lot of freedoms you know it is the antithesis of what you're you know you're absolutely right you had the freedom to travel you had the freedom in a lot of places there was no law enforcement whatsoever so when there was any kind of fight between men mainly i mean women gunslingers were very 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 rare 
and were left out of most of that kind of stuff. But when you had two yeah, guys, I always thought that women were a little smarter in that. Maybe because they're not getting gunned down. I mean, that's the, Sorry, the, that the, was that was stereotyping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that that was for that time. It seems where if if two guys had a fight and you know somebody else drew on you and you shot them, the, you know, even when there was law, they came around and people were like, "No, he drew on him," and that was it. There was no trial. There was no arrest. There was just yeah. he gunned him down, and you're done. Oh uh, yeah, the the old romantic time when uh, he needed killing is a valid defense for murder. <laughs> Isn't that we're we're not using that today anymore? We have something. Well, I, I, the left is trying to bring it back. That is true. That it does like, seem he, to be. He's the case. white. That's a valid valid reason to do anything. Well, it is, and that, but but you can't be racist against the white guys because you know it doesn't work that way for some reason. But this data, I, I get the reason why it was put into place. But now we also understand what happens when you try to connect any large groups. Uh, you know, multiple groups of people together, the data is going to get leaked. We've talked about this yeah. about everything. That's got to be a massive boon, both both for you know, for people who there, there are people out there who will download leaked databases just to peruse them and see what kind of data is there for sheer curiosity. And there's people out there who will use this and be like, I bet there's some identity theft in, uh, opportunities in there. And there are people out there who are going to take this and and use it to identify uh, in informants, uh, undercover people, you know, in, in order to genuinely endanger their lives. Right. And well, I mean, on the one hand, yeah, it's probably despicable that this information was leaked. But if you've been following our show, it, it, we probably could make the argument that it's also despicable that this much information is is being gathered and stored, too. Right. I mean, I don't think it matters anymore whether it's your shopping preferences, whether it's your health data, whether it's every message you've ever sent to family and friends on Facebook, Twitter, or any of these other social media sites. The information exists. It's going to get leaked. I mean, I realized that pretty early on when running a bulletin board system, you know, multiple ones online for communities where it's like, well, you know, it wasn't necessarily easy to do, but everything was in a plain text database. So if you really wanted to look at all the private messages going on, it wasn't hard to do. If you had access to the database, that information sure. was there. I used to do that all the time. And now this is just multiplying this by a thousand because we're dealing with some very sensitive information that people most of the time don't even realize the data is getting out there. But when something like what we have going on now, where police and law enforcement overall are coming under the gun, pun intended. I mean, it's kind of funny to me because the Democrats were calling up, you know, when Trump was saying the FBI was corrupt and bad. Oh, geez, he's fucking nuts, man. The FBI, they're good. Well, he's he's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there you uh, go. But I mean, now, there is. There is objective evidence coming out now that, oh, look, the FBI is corrupt and everybody who's been paying attention is like, you don't say. Yeah. And now the Democrats want to jump on the all police are corrupt. Mm. And we talked about the percentages like we did with covid. I did the same thing when we were talking about the uh, police crime as far as the deaths in police custody. And that I mean the George Floyd thing was tragic, but it was an outlier. It was not a daily occurrence. It wasn't what's happening. I, 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 I'm not even I'm not even convinced it's not a false flag. You know, that was the first thought. 
because it seemed all to the pieces all seemed to fit perfectly yeah. well. It was it was really 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 convenient that the the Floyd tape popped out and then at the same point you had multiple I mean okay here's here's the things and and again you know I I am fascinated by conspiracy theories so I follow this. So here's how how this particular conspiracy theory goes is uh first of all um the several of these states were just starting to open up and we had just had uh, an unprecedented lockdown of of taking the entire healthy uninfected population and imprisoning them for several months against their will uh which is going to make the general population angry so you have an angry population uh lockdowns were just about to start ending we still had several months till the election which means that they had to do something uh so they had filmed up this killing of a, a you know a black dude by a bunch of white people and they can you know if you are if you are orchestrating a conspiracy what you do is you have have this tape ready to go uh you release it at a certain time you trigger all of your uh all the politicians and spokespeople that you have in your pocket to say the right code words for example the the mayor of Minneapolis saying in a speech four different times that you know this guy mattered and he was black and he mattered and you know we can't just dismiss him because his life mattered he th this was the mayor of minneapolis that night now uh if anybody's really been paying attention out there uh, how much have you heard the phrase black lives matter since 2016 before the george floyd thing almost never it does seem to yeah. pop up just right before a presidential election it, it totally popped up right before the 2016 election as as a huge thing and and they tried to bring racism in and they labeled trump a racist and uh, yeah i just a weird coincidence that suddenly black lives matter became a huge thing and races race became a big thing right before trump got elected and they were trying to label him as the racist so that's weird and then the the george floyd thing comes out and then uh several politicians the the mayor of minneapolis and uh i think was it was it cuomo who said it and also uh not whitmer but one of the other anyways a bunch of politicians all gave these you know impelling speeches saying you know that that this you know we can't let this killing go to waste because his life mattered and uh, code words and it, yeah okay you know you could even use the phrase dog whistle which is uh you know a big thing but but whatever it is it, it it's fascinating that all this stuff happened all at once and then suddenly out of nowhere everybody comes out of the woodwork a bunch of random somalians appear and start starting shit so that dark-skinned people are on tv to make these you know to, to trashing businesses and everything um uh random pallets of bricks appear everywhere uh it, it, i mean i can definitely see the argument for yeah all of this was set up beforehand oh and then you know the the standard line about antifa oh well there there's nothing organized about this of course they're organized <laughs> they have training centers they have people underground who are teaching they there have been leaked 
documents and pages of information about here's how you get into a crowd and insinuate yourself into the crowd and stir them up and start violence and then leave right before the cops show up. And yeah. <laughs> that's what you're yeah, supposed to so, do but they don't exist because the media will go well no no antifa doesn't exist that's just a crazy right-wing conspiracy and this is what's being pushed on every level the black lives matter thing started with the hands up don't shoot for those who forgot about that which was um and i'm forgetting what was uh the, the city where that was in you're, uh, you're among the people who've forgotten about it yeah but it was oh. what uh, louisville was uh i'm blanking on the city but somebody in the troll room will help us over at noagendastream.com. The the hands up, don't shoot was, well, a cop gunned down a guy who had his back to him, who had just had his hands up and had surrendered. And then and again, like everything, it seems video of the situation surfaced. And we found out that was exactly not what happened, but a vast majority. Yes, Ferguson. Ferguson and a vast majority of the media never corrected that narrative. So Black Lives Matter, the concept, great. The organization built on a lie and is nothing but a group that is looking for drastic social change. They are not looking for Black Lives to Matter. They're looking for a complete destruction of the system and, in the United States. And and and, and for a effectively a, a communist organization who is looking for trying to create racial tension and civil unrest they chose an amazing name because who can argue with that like uh, how, how can you say black lives don't matter that that is the i mean yes. that might he is the dog whistle from the left that oh. is the thing that 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 is the argument that shuts down all conversation about it is is if you say anything like, oh, you know, I'm not sure that I like the idea that they're destroying all of our local businesses. What? You don't think black lives matter? What a fucking retarded retort. But it shuts down conversations because you don't want to be considered racist. You don't want to be one of those people who doesn't think black lives matter. No, that that is the name of the organization. And, you know, for for come you know just for discussion's sake i i say that we rename it the, the, this organization is now called bob and now <laughs> we can have a conversation about bob and how he's an evil motherfucker who is doing nothing but trying to stir up shit and make us all hate each other without being instantly labeled a racist because what you don't think bob matters well no he doesn't matter he's a dickhead who's trying to get us to kill each other I don't think that's very nice. Yes. I disapprove. The, the terminology is absolutely genius to name your group Black Lives Matter. It was a little bit questionable at the beginning how they were going to handle the retort of all lives matter, but we saw how that played out. But this all plays into a story I found this morning while going to Lifehacker. And I know I should never go to Lifehacker ever again. It used to be a site that was interesting when it started but now it's awesome back when when they weren't full of activists yes and that is exactly the problem they're now full of activists and they link to an article on one of their sister sites called the root are you familiar with the root um are you in in terms of what the the british slang 
the root.com because i'm very familiar is is not well yes it is not the british slang the root.com is basically black content which is one of the sister sites of lifehacker and okay. let me just, so this let me is just like, like Pornhub for blacks. I, I guess this, but let me just run by you their slogan, which appears at the top of the site next to the little logo that says the root. Their slogan is the blacker, the content, the sweeter, the truth. Okay. Now well, once that, that seems a little racist to me, but I mean, it could be, you know, I, I'm feeling like being charitable because I've never heard of these things. I'm not going to assume racism. It sounds like it's just meaningless. Well, it is meaningless, but I'm just thinking, okay, let's just say there was a website for Caucasian news that said the whiter the content, the sweeter the truth. What, why do you think that would be More racist, white nationalist, white yes. supremacist? Exactly. You know, unlike the Black Lives Matter, but the story was. And, I, and I, you know what? The. There's a good chance that those labels would be correct in that case, but that doesn't make it right to do the same thing in the other direction. And you know, oh well, we're not racist because we're black. Bullshit. Yes. Well, that, all of this stuff is about separating people rather than bringing them together, which should be a way for people to understand what groups they should stay the hell away from. Is the ones intentionally trying to separate people? If you go back. To Martin Luther King, it was all about everybody living together in peace and harmony. And there was a real call for unity. Black Lives Matter, the group, is not about bringing people together. I mean, we heard the stories of the pamphlets that were being handed out like, well, if you're white and you're going to protest with Black Lives Matter, here's what you should do. You know, it was kind of like stay to the back of the bus and bring them water and food if they need it. And you yeah. shut up because this and, is and, this and is Neil. their time. Yes, Neil. Yes. But, you know, this. But no, this is all about unity. I'm sure it is. So, I mean, really, that's one way to tell the bad people from the good. In my viewpoint is if they're trying to separate you by your race, they're probably not the people you want to be hanging out with. But the story on the route was report. Hundreds of police officers belong to racist Facebook groups. And I've immediately got questions. Really? Yeah, I do. I have that this well, is I, 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 I immediately call bullshit news story. That was yeah. Because yes, there's there's always somebody who will belong to some group, but um we don't convict people just by who they hang out with these we're not supposed to anyway. Yes, by again, law enforcement. Okay, I got oh, I got plenty of questions. One is I thought Facebook already got rid of all the racist groups. I mean, I thought this was the utopia already that they see them. No, BLM has a Facebook page. Right. So there. Okay, that makes a good point. So that that's obviously not true. But then I also thought to myself, well, you know, wouldn't you, if you were local law enforcement, you know, if you were a sheriff down in Hazard County, I've just been watching some of the old Dukes of Hazard. And if you were the sheriff down in Hazard County and there was like a white is supremacist. Is there actually a Hazard County? I don't know. I mean, I could. Somebody can probably fact check we should, that one. We should find that out. That that that's important fact check, and we wouldn't want <laughs> Wall Street Journal to to call us liars. But it's like I would just imagine if you're down in some little rural area, and say there was a group that was maybe a little bit on the questionable side on what they were doing legality. Wouldn't you join their group if they had one, just to keep a you know an eye on them? I I, I mean, if yes, it's called counterintelligence. Duodenum says there is a Hazard County in Kentucky. 
Oh. So that, that could well, very well be go. where the Duke See? boys were from. Uh, See, we, we've been successfully fact-checked. <laughs> we, we oh, like- and as long as we're we're pulling information from the troll room, uh, apparently I owe Sir NetNed an apology because his name is actually Bob. Who knew? <laughs> I would have guessed it'd be Ned, but and, and I didn't say we were going to rename it Ned. So maybe Bob was a poor choice, but, uh, you know, how about, are there any, uh, uh, Edwards, um, uh, chase? I, I don't know. I'm throwing Bemlet's. out names here. See if I can offend everyone. Yes. Actually, we could just name it Bemlet. Bemlet lives matter. The story starts investigative journalist, which it's interesting because I then looked who this was. And of course it was a bunch of lefties, but that's okay. Investigative journalists have discovered hundreds of law enforcement officers across the country who are active in members-only Facebook groups that are based on racism, hate, and, well, it would be nice to add a third thing here, but that's about it. So, one, first of all, what kind of journalism is that? It's not. You know, this is just, again, No, that's pandering. blogging. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, well, well, I guess it is blogging. Actually, there, there was a, you know, well before blogs, there was a term for this. It was called yellow journalism, which is... I guess the answer to your question. Yes. Uh it, it is uh there there's also another word for it which uh appears in many law textbooks which is called libel. We don't see a lot of that anymore, do we? Well, we don't see a lot of people talking about it anymore because uh pretty much everything printed is is pure conjecture, opinion and slander or, or you know uh, telling lies about people. So I mean, at this point, I think that the libel laws are probably pretty well unenforced. It says before the Cambridge Analytica scandal revealed that Facebook allowed people to download users data, forcing the platform to change its policy, reveals reporters quietly downloaded membership data from two categories of closed Facebook groups. One, extremist groups like White Lives Matter. I just. You know, I literally laughed out loud when I read that. I want to hear it. Extremist groups like White Lives Matter. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, you, if you say Black Lives Matter is an extremist group, you're immediately shot down. But the first example they're going to use in what groups these cops are members of is a Facebook group called White Lives Matter. Now, explain to me how Black Lives Matter is fine and White Lives Matter is an extremist group. Uh, because you're white and you're a racist. Obviously, that does seem to check. And That's another the only explanation I can, I can, I, I've heard it over and over again. Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem to be the case. And that does seem to be about the amount of data on why it is any different. The other one was ban the NAACP, which, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what these groups are actually doing. But the NAACP really isn't doing a whole lot to actually help the black community. It's, again, another group that may have started with well, good intentions and has grown out of control and is nothing but political for the power of the people running it. At the same time, I haven't seen any cities being burned down under the name of the NAACP. So, true. I mean, they're, they're not <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not as bad as some groups, I'll just say. And the, the third of the extremist groups they mentioned here was death to Islam undercover. I don't know what that's uh, all about. But well, if 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 your group has the word death to anybody, the death to and it's <laughs> anyone in the name, then you might be on to something calling them extremist. 
And then there, too, were other groups that allowed only police officers, sheriff deputies and or corrections officers to join. And I'm like, okay, why is that a problem? I mean, I think this happens with every industry in the world where, hey, we have a group. We're podcasters. If you're not a podcaster, we're not letting you into the group. Big freaking hairy deal. What does that mean? How is that a bad thing? Uh, It's gatekeeping. Yeah, but everybody gatekeeps. It's not illegal. Not me. It's not hateful. Oh, you do. You don't just let anybody no. into your house. If, if if you don't gatekeep, you can't be in my private group. Oh, okay. Good. Um, they wrote software that cross-referenced the two separate lists. Um, and this is just amazing when they look at, you know, they start coming up with examples and naming individual people, which I find to be, uh, you know, kind of interesting from a legal uh, standpoint asshole. as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I do find that to be, you know, quite, quite kind of crazy. But um, then you go to the original article on this, which was I mean, it was a great this reveal news dot org was a great headline. I have to admit they write a snappy headline, which was to protect and slur. I mean, I thought that was absolutely great. Um, so I, I, I is, is that is that a commentary on drunk cops? I think so. I think when they get too drunk, they slur. And the quote from that article was most of the hateful Facebook groups. These cops frequent are closed, meaning only members are allowed to see content posted by other members. Reveal joined dozens of these groups and verified the identities of how many cops you think they verified the identities of from these groups. I mean, it's a huge problem. Mm -hmm. I just want to let you know it's a huge problem. And as of 2018, there were 686,665 cops active in the United States, law enforcement officers of some way. So 686,665. How many do you think that this great investigative journalism that is putting the hate group that all cops are bad to protect and slur out of those 686,665, how many identities do you think they were able to identify of these officers 33 almost 400 current and retired okay so almost 400 current and retired out of 686,665 let's just assume it's 400 not almost when they say almost 400 they probably mean 33 but let's just assume that it's 400 and all active not active and retired because they don't break that down so let's just say it's 400 all active police officers 400 out of a case of 686,665 is one half of 1% are in one of these groups that they've been able to confirm. And nobody yeah. can confirm they're in these groups because they necessarily believe in any kind of racist ideology, just that they joined these groups. And like I said, wouldn't that yeah. be part of their job? You know, as part of of getting a degree in computer science and uh, I, I i i studied computer science and i studied mathematics and uh you know i didn't come out with any programming language knowledge that was useful in the real world because even even back in the 90s the the whole university thing were so out of touch they didn't i mean you know but one of the valuable things that i studied during this um my my cursor just went am i still connected yes Okay. We have uh, one, of the, one of the valuable things that I studied that, that actually is useful was formal logic and the ability to uh, decide when an argument 
follows from another argument. And uh, the, the formal part of the formal logic was actually used in math, which is pretty necessary for creating proofs. But it wasn't a big leap from there to realizing that you can, of course, apply it to arguments people make. And so I trained myself to notice fallacies. And uh, in general, you know, the moment that somebody tries to produce an argument and they use a fallacy in their uh, in their argument, then obviously their argument doesn't apply, you know, isn't valid. Um, and I can generally ignore what they say. And if I want to be particularly helpful or particularly an asshole, I'll point out where their argument is flawed because they used a fallacy. Uh, and the thing that was going through my head was when you went through the whole story was uh, the guilt by association, which is exactly what the entire premise of the story is is you know people are in you know people are in this group and therefore because i have decided that this group is evil this person is evil which is uh formally part of the fallacy of stereotyping which actually uh the great part about it is it's it's applied at several levels it's it's first of all somebody did something evil in this group and therefore i have chosen to believe the group is evil that that's fallacy one uh second uh a person is in this group that i've chosen to be evil and therefore that person is evil fallacy two, And then, uh, you know, th this person we have demonstrated is a cop and therefore all cops are evil fallacy three. So we've compounded the, the fallacy of composition and the fallacy of stereotyping three times to make this insane logical leap. And what blows me away about it is that that's what passes for journalism today. Yes. Well, not only that, but in the article, which was the one that the root slash life hacker used for their story, which this is, this is one of the most concerning things with journalism to me. And again, you really should put journalism in air quotes or totally change the word because it was like that story I talked about of Rachel Brummert, the woman who was an activist that thought she well said you know, maybe she had gotten the coronavirus by having packages of her groceries delivered to her. And we found out uh, I did a whole random thoughts on what was really behind it. And you when you did a search for her name, oh, it, was that the, the activist who mysteriously got the virus because she went and had groceries delivered? Yes, that was. Oh, the yeah, one. I love that was story. And then when you did a search, you realized that there was one seed story, which was done by the small television station in her area. But this seed story was used. That was the amount of journalism that everybody else in the world did. And it was covered worldwide in the UK, Germany, all over the world. There were stories about this woman and they were all taken from that one article, which means as you know, as a math major, if your original computation was flawed, everything that follows it is also flawed. And yeah, what's passing for journalism is that now. It's it's when your an entire proof collapses because you can disprove an assumption. Yes. And yeah. this is journalism now is if one person it's like, OK, I post a story on grumpy old Ben's about well, Ryan Bemrose had peanut butter and jelly for lunch. You didn't. Let's just I'm guessing. But every other newspaper you're, you're spreading awful rumors, right? I haven't had lunch yet, but every newspaper in the world picks up that story then because, well, it was on grumpy Obviously, it must be true. That's our source. Real journalism is dead. People actually checking things, 
people going further, even putting the person's name into Google, which I would have believed the original story a lot more had the original story gone and said, well, her background, she's not just a random citizen. She is a anti-vaxxing, anti-medical activist. She had problems after taking a certain medication. But when you leave the background out, everything starts. And apparently a hypochondriac as well. Probably. Probably. I mean, allegedly now they thought that she got it from touching a keypad at the pharmacy. I'm guessing she probably inhaled something at the pharmacy when she went. But this story that, again, was used for the route, this was their route has a little blurb about a Chicago police lieutenant who was in some of these groups. And it talks about how he posted some, you know, anti-Islamic, which they don't show any results and anti-transgender propaganda. Well, the thing he posted, this, this is the only thing they have a screenshot of. This is the only proof they have that this guy is a scumbag is a screenshot of something posted by an organization called stopcorruptingchildren.ca, and I looked them up. They look to be a pretty vanilla Christian-type group out of Canada. and it's they're, a, they're suggesting that we disband all colleges? Yeah, that would actually stop corrupting children. That would actually be a good well, thing. it would help. And that was actually one of the things they said, you know, not colleges, but as far as, uh, you know, anti-bullying and all this other stuff. But a pretty vanilla group. But this little meme that he posted has a picture of a little girl, just kind of a little frown on her face that maybe five years old or so says, please don't confuse me. I'm a girl. Don't teach me to question if I'm a boy, transsexual, transgendered, uh, interested or two spirit is or intersexed. I'm sorry. It's very small uh, font here. So that is what is considered as this horrible, hateful stuff these cops are doing in these closed groups is just it's absolutely bizarre. And they see yeah, this. Well, the, the the most awful anti-trans hate speech you can possibly give these days is there are only two genders. I'm not seeing any more in the COVID that, stuff. That is that is hate speech. How do you how do you even fight that? I mean, how do you fight the insanity of that when this is what's going on? It's like, oh, my God, this is so hateful. It said, you know, a, a meme that said, I'm a girl. Don't confuse me. I'm not a boy. Don't make me, you know, ask me if I'm transsexual, transgender, intersexed or two spirited. Whatever. What does two spirited mean? It's T.W.O. spirited. Is that like the, the, the way it works with with arguing against people who have uh a, a emotional outbursts uh and consider name calling to be a form of argument is that if you get into a discussion with them and they start spewing retardation uh your first your first resort needs to be to disengage and don't play don't play their game don't argue on their level because their level is devoid of any kind of logic or thought and simply just whatever whatever stream of consciousness comes to mind it passes for an argument uh and if if you find yourself faced with somebody of such idiocy that it is impossible to make a logical response because there was no logic in any of the statements just leave and then if they continue to follow you then uh you know punch them in the face in self-defense and then leave (laughs) and teach your children like you said you learned 
how to have your own internal bullcrap sensor that goes off when you see things that don't make sense children need to be taught that they need to be taught that there's there's a lot of very important lessons that children need to be taught really that is this Uh, is the kind of stuff that's infuriating when this stuff passes for journalism on major sites where it's like well these police are horrible they're part of all these crazy dangerous facebook groups and it's like well, you know, we tracked down maybe 400 active and retired out of. And if you're adding retired, I mean, it's like well, yeah. one tenth of a percent or less, one hundredth of a percent. Um, I was. Yeah, I, I, I was having a discussion this morning with uh, Baron Walkman in the troll room. And uh, one of the things that I had pointed out was, uh, yeah, I, I went to college, but I escaped with, with my individuality intact, which is apparently a rare thing. I didn't realize it at the time. Uh, but I was thinking back to what were the most important lessons that I got from college. And, you know, the, the formal logic stuff fascinated me and I did take that away. Uh, you know, the vast majority of what they taught me w- was, uh, easily forgettable and not important, but I realized that I think the most important lesson didn't come in a classroom setting or from any professor at all. And it had to do with, uh, going there and my, my leaving situation, uh, was I was in a fraternity there. And being in a fraternity full of, uh, well, of people, other people, um, the most important lesson that I took away from that was how to interact with people that don't owe me anything because I was not going to get that at home. Of course, my parents would cater to my every whim. I was a spoiled little brat. Uh, I (laughs) was, yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I'm, I'm a spoiled big brat now. Oh, okay. But, uh, you know, in, at home, my parents would do everything that I wanted at, at school. You know, it was, it was scary because I was, of course, in, I, I was in the uh, gifted program back in, in public school. And I, I didn't understand what any of that meant at the time, other than I got to, to leave class once a week and go to the special class where we got to you know, play with slightly more advanced stuff and, and it was self-directed learning, which really meant that I got on the computer and just started messing around and ended up, you know, breaking one of the computers and then have to move to the next station over. But uh, what it, being a gifted child meant that all of the teachers would just like, you know, worship at my feet and like, oh, he's, you know, and, and anything that I did would be disregarded like, oh, well, he's gifted. Of course, we have to put up with it. It was it was absolutely awful for my development and I turned into a little shit that way. And it, I, you know, you can certainly argue that, that nothing's changed, but going off to college and joining where a group of people where, uh, yeah, I mean, they recognize that, yeah, they, it's, this guy's a pretty smart person, but we don't care. He's a guy and you, you know, you're, you'd better, you know, pledge, take your whipping and go or whatever it is. I'm, I'm not actually going to say what was done, but, um, it, it was getting into a situation where I would have to interact with people on a people level. And, and it, even, even professors would look at me and go, Oh, well, this guy's really smart. Cause he gets all A's and, and, uh, you know, obviously I have to be nicer to him than, well, yeah, that's not, that is awful for emotional development, I guess, is what I'm saying. And it made me the person I am today, that everybody wanted to dance around and, and give me what I wanted. And, and this, is, this is what the, the 
snowflake generation has put up with is we we have a whole generation of people where we treat everyone like they're special and everybody needs to be thrown into a fraternity or a factory or a, a low paying job or just out into the real world where you are going to be faced with the cold hard fact that the world does not owe you shit and you need to figure out how to make for yourself in life because things are not going to be handed to you. Well, and the situations can change at a moment's notice, which is something we should understand even better than ever right now because of things like COVID. I mean, nobody, uh, when you go back to January, could have predicted what was going to happen this year that you know businesses could all close in an instant people will always stay at home wear masks uh the stock market crashes of course it's coming back now but it can crash again there's something to be said the the w-shaped recovery right the w-shape it may just be one of those w what's what like two w's next to each other and maybe one's upside down it's hard to say what's going <laughs> to happen but being self-reliant yeah, the, the m-shaped recovery yeah it's a big thing i mean you should understand you have to be able to pivot that is the biggest thing when it comes to life, at least as far as I found out. It's like you need to learn how to pivot because things are going to happen that you weren't expecting. And if oh, yeah. all of a sudden, you know, that one line of code comes into your programming and, and causes you to blue screen like your system did earlier today, um, then you got a problem. You need to be and, able and to pivot and move. NetNed brings up another great example, which is military. Uh, it's It's funny how. People who are in the military are or or who have ever been in the military are not participating in all of this idiocy. You know, I I know I I actually know one person who spent six years in uh, as enlisted and came back out and still votes Democrat all the time. Um, And I do hold that against him, but um, he is still uh, left of center when it comes to his politics. But I was having a talk with him a few weeks ago and he said, yeah, you know, I voted for all these Democrats, but this is out of control. These people have no discipline and and the military is a great place for to to, to get exactly what I was talking about, where you, you have a, it doesn't matter how special you are. You are not a snowflake. You will learn to interact with other humans on the same level because otherwise you don't survive and i never went into the military because it may not come as a surprise to anybody that i have a little bit of a problem with authority uh but that would have probably definitely changed who i am sir bembrose boot camp now available for only 69.95 we can put that together i mean putting you in charge i don't know if that's a good idea but uh so maybe that's what we need for Chaz. is is we you know, all, all of these, uh, all of these kids who are out in the streets, maybe we just need to send them all, you know, what, wouldn't that the threat back in the, all the movies of the sixties where the overbearing dad was like, you're going to military school. Yeah. It, well, it's still something that appears just the, uh, the show, which is coming to an end now, a uh, man with a plan with the guy from friends, Joey, uh, Matt LeBlanc. That was just one of the most recent episodes. We're just going flipping through stuff and, uh, you know, the kid with the young boy was being bad. Oh, we're going to send you to military school. You, that's not happening yeah. enough. I, I, I mean, it, it, it's always taken as a grave threat that which will destroy somebody's life. But uh, I, I mean, maybe if the life is really bad, 
You know, I, I also, in, in my common stream of consciousness way of thinking, I just realized that Chaz actually kind of is a boot camp and all of these people are getting a crash course in exactly what I'm talking about, where, uh, you know what, if, if you're not the one at the top, then people are going to be shitting on you and they don't care who you are or, or, Hey, your skin is white and therefore you have to pay. And we don't care that you have, you know, whatever your situation is. It, it, it is kind of a boot camp. If they learn that lesson, which I doubt, I doubt they will, it, because they're they're kind of preaching that they're all special. But you're right. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. I don't care how tall you are. I don't care how short you are. I don't care what your haircut looks like. Everybody has to prove themselves. That's just the way the world works. You're responsible yeah. for yourself. It, 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 I continue to find it fascinating to watch this place where they went in with the intention of creating a, a communist utopia where everybody is perfectly equal and are coming out with a, uh, a, a despotic uh, oligarchy where, you know, it, if you're lucky, you can do well on merit, but it I, just, it, it is socio if at, from a socio socio sociologist sociological sociopathic perspective oh well you have a social uh, you definitely have a sociopathic perspective <laughs> it it is uh, incredible to watch and just as as a scientist you we, we've talked many times about how you when you want to see how certain policies work you have to you, you can conduct an experiment and a good experiment is implement them in one place and don't implement them somewhere else. And a bad experiment is that some politician gets up in front of people and says, we should do this and then implements it everywhere. And it's one of the reasons why one world government is so incredibly scary because the people at the top will always be pushing to implement something everywhere and we will never know if it works. Well, but from a scientific perspective, watching this entire thing unfold and letting it play out is amazing because we get to watch, we get to use the rest of the world as a control and watch what happens. And now we're going to have a much better insight into what is the result of doing what these people were doing. Well, and, and the interesting thing is these Chaz people that will tell you they hate Donald Trump are channeling Donald Trump pretty well when it comes <laughs> to what they're doing. And this is, this is what is blowing my mind the most about this which is one they have people with guns so okay we we must like the second amendment all of a sudden they have big barricades you know a wall okay well that seems like uh you have a wall to keep people out right that's kind of the concept but you don't want the border wall you don't like guns and then when people piss the the leaders of chaz off what do they do with them they kick them out of the zone. So, you know, deport them. I mean, which part of the policies of Trump don't they like when they built a wall, they're deporting people and they got guns? Uh, well, I suspect that they're perfectly happy with their swamp. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. But uh, they're everything they claim to hate. They embraced when they took power immediately, which is the I guess the problem of power, right? It's, it's easy. Uh, to be the student, I, I, it's easy to be the activist when you have absolutely no power whatsoever. 
like I said, fascinating sociological experiment. It is just like when Trump's kid asked him about what's in, uh, you know, all the spooky, you know, alien type things that and he's like, yeah, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> like, I'll maybe let you know. Um, he, he he revealed precisely nothing, but he fed the conspiracy theorists for years to come. Yes. I thought that was amazing. He said nothing in such a great way to to just keep things rolling the way they should. We we don't want to we don't want to shoot any conspiracy theories down. And we all come down again with the logic of if you really think we're the only people in the universe. And if you do, you're probably a little short sighted and we may just be a big. You think the Chaz is a little a big sociological experience. What's going on on Earth is a big I, sociological. I, I, I look at what's going on on Earth and I think some, sometimes I think I might be the only sane person in the entire universe. And that would be a scary thing, wouldn't it? If you yeah. were the yeah. only sane one. If, if if I were the pinnacle of, of humanity and the shining beacon of sanity and like, yeah, this is the best they've got. And, it is. You know, the, the Vogons are like, okay, that just just nuke it. Just get rid of it. We're going to put it in the expressway. You know, every, everything will be safe. And if you though. don't get that reference, you are not old enough and don't <laughs> read the right books. So long and thanks for all the fish. The Another big story that i just came across this morning andrew yang is pushing for big tech to pay users for their data and i thought this was it was interesting in a bunch of different ways i mean one we all know andrew yang failed democratic presidential candidate he was yes. the one that wanted to do universal failed income. economist yes <laughs> right failed definitely failed <laughs> Dismal failure as an economist you know unless you can print uh, money then then he's okay if you could just well, continue that, to print money and and that is why a lot of the people in that party are completely failures at economy, but well, yeah, we could just print yeah. more, nothing to worry about. Um, I mean, it's an interesting concept wanting tech to pay people for the data, but I think it just shows how out of touch he is with the reality of making yeah. something but, like that happen. By the way, Adam on, on no agenda, Adam came up with, uh, you know, I, I had made the argument that the problem with the, the printing money and, and in fact, the problem with what Trump is doing uh, or or had done printing money to hand people money because oh you can't go to work and we're just gonna hit, is inflation and Adam came up with the idea that he got from his New York banker friend who probably knows a whole lot more about money systems than I do, uh, but the the description was that it's like some kind of indemnified cash or or something that I I I, I wasn't I I didn't quite get the the term but it was. If you know John, John redescribed it as oh they're cooking the books, and it was like they're they're borrowing against future money, but putting it on the books today. I didn't understand how that happened, but the understanding that I got was they're avoiding inflation, um, with a pyramid scheme, and that did not make me feel any better about my inflation argument because if if you're straight up stealing or printing money to hand to people you're going to get straight inflation and that's a problem but if you're then scamming them with a pyramid scheme or or uh a tricky accounting tricks that cook the books th- then at some point this is going to come out and instead of straight inflation which is going to cause some problems what you're going to get is level and then a crash right and that bothers me a lot more. Yeah, well, it's definitely so, not something that should be 
um, changes if, made if, willy-nilly. If somebody understands what this this immunized cash or whatever that they're like, how is this not just a, a pyramid scheme that is going to collapse at the end? Well, no, no, well, just like all the, when you keep selling your debt off to places like China, then people go, why are we paying them? <laughs> or, or, well, you know, the best the best governmental pyramid schemes are the ones that that last exactly eight years because you you have a good economy and all the benefits today and then it collapses on the next guy's term that is the nice way to do it or then you have guys like obama who say well the economy will never come back what does trump have some kind of magic wand and then when the economy comes back was like well i started that uh, i set that uh-huh. up well yes <laughs> i mean politicians yes. will take, lie. take take credit for everything that goes good and blame your predecessor for everything that doesn't that's that's the political way yeah it's a system that is not going to change any time soon but i know you uh you know we're interested in some tech stories and there was another tech story i yeah. thought this was interesting on the heels of the joe rogan thing with spotify is that spotify is now testing an interactive system for doing podcast ads so you never have to remember that promo code again you know when all these people want to give away promo codes for whatever you know it's the Nick the Rat, Sir Bemrose VPN. I already co- have enough pillows. Thank you. Right. You know, you use promo code Bemrose 543 when you check out. Well, uh-huh. it's going to with the Spotify app, of course, because you need an app because Spotify is a walled garden system. The if you want to listen to Spotify shows, you need an app, which was why a lot of people aren't going to be listening to Joe Rogan, I think. But this is where I see Spotify now. Now that they have Rogan, they know people are going to be coming in and they know they have to make money somehow to pay Rogan what they offered to pay him, whatever his contract is. Do they, though? Yeah, I think because that's kind of the way the deal works. But I do believe this is going to hurt Spotify because I think they're going to have to start getting nastier with ad interaction. I think it's going to have to get to the point to where because you have to listen with the DRM crap that's invest uh, and baked into these systems. No, you know, no, I, I don't. You don't. But the people that want the content, let's just put it that way, are going to be forced to listen to commercials, Pirating? not be able to skip them. Yeah, are are going to be forced to go find the the torrent. Yeah, I get that. Well, a lot of people will do that, and those will be the smart ones. But this is going to be an interesting. This is a a big first domino, I think, in how podcasts are going to be monetized going forward. And Spotify, I think, is going to start pushing people a little bit too far. But that's because they have to now because they put a lot of money out there to get Rogan. And all of a sudden, you're going to see things like, hey, well, our podcast app, we can, uh, you know, Joe Rogan says something about whatever brand, you know, or he says something about vaping. And then all of a sudden, it'll pause. And you'll have to like click a thing on your on your app to take you to view the page of whatever the advertiser is. And uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. My intuition tells me that not even Rogan is powerful enough to completely drag the the state of podcasting over to an onerous business model like that. However, my my intuition in January was that. Oh yeah, this virus is going to be pretty bad, but I never saw coming that all of these governors were going to straight up throw the constitution away and 
lock everybody in their houses. So uh, my intuition is, has taken a little confidence shaking this year. So maybe they are in fact going to completely destroy podcasting with their attempt to create a walled garden, but well, they won't destroy podcasting. They'll destroy Spotify. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I am too. I mean, again, this is, this is the capitalistic system. They're trying something they think will work. If it does, I mean, great on them. If you push too far, because I mean, what, what Spotify does doesn't affect no agenda, a huge show with hundreds of thousands of people that download the show, every show. And uh, that's not going to affect Spotify that. does doesn't affect grumpy old Ben's either, except no. that we get content out of it. We do get content out of it. And I did look for the first time last night. I logged into I totally had forgotten that I had a login over at Apple. Adam talked about doing this, which was how Adam was uh, one of the metrics he was talking about after the Joe Rogan appearance that he went on, um, that he knew there was an uptick in no agenda was just directly through the Apple app, because Apple, as we all know, is a very walled garden type system as well. So if you're listening to podcasts on an Apple device, Apple knows and podcasting doesn't afford people the ability to get the analytics that advertisers so crave. Yeah, and that vain podcasters are so enamored with for reinforcing their self-importance. But Apple but, does give you all of that. But yes, one that's one of the reasons why these walled gardens keep popping up is is they can lure podcasts by saying, hey, we can tell you who's listening. We can tell you who's listening. A- ant- answer in 99.3% of cases, nobody. <laughs> well, yes, but, which is also the... It's also the case, but I was quite pleased with the stats on grumpy old Ben's. We are moving in the right direction. Random thoughts, same thing, moving in the right direction. We're still not up in the top, you know, 20% or so of podcasts. Because, I mean, there's there's a moving bar. And as much as you can argue that downloads mean nothing, they're at least a metric. And it seems like if you want to be in that top, 20%, I think it was, or 10%. It was up there. You need within the first 30 days of any episode, it needs to get like 10,000 downloads. So we're only about a tenth of the way there. So everybody, tell 10 friends, turn them out of the show, make them listen. We'll be in good shape. But it I, is still I'm nice. not sure that we, I, I think that, that the numbers are artificially deflated though, because we probably don't have a lot of Apple users with. How many times that you're just constantly crapping on their platform? I mean, you just seem really angry about that sort of thing. I'm not you, crapping on their always, platform at all. You're always, I mean, you're it's somebody on this show anyway is always talking about how <laughs> Apple is crap. I think it's you because I have an iPad oh. Pro. My wife has an iPad Pro. I've owned iPhones. And, uh, you know, now that they'll do the EKG thing, I might go back to an iPhone from the same. I mean, Lord knows I don't have any ties to Samsung. And the Android operating system, uh, I, I don't know at this no. point. And we got some pushback. We got an email from uh, you know a dude named Ben that uh, thought Apple was completely evil. And I don't necessarily say that that's I, incorrect. I, I think they're, that's probably correct. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Google is any different. So if you if you I need think Google is completely evil. <laughs> if you need in a fact, cell phone. I, um, in fact, the main story that that we haven't even got anywhere near that I brought today is is one about how Google is destroying the public uh world wide web yeah um so i i don't have i i yes google is evil yes apple is evil um there's there's not a whole lot of other options but uh for for your best option if you really want to uh 
go down the path of trying to avoid both of those companies is uh, go listen to the OTG segment on No Agenda, where he talks about getting uh, an old style flip phone and putting lineage on it or or some open source OS. Well, you don't need the f- using you don't- it. Yeah, but you don't need the flip phone for lineage. You can go buy the biggest, no. baddest phone out there and still. Get- no, although although the lineage, for whatever reason, never bothered to support my Galaxy uh, <laughs> S8. You're, you're mad. I never, about I that. never understood it. The, the, like every single version of the, you know, so the Samsung Galaxy was a pretty big line. Yes. Every single version, except the eight. The eight is not supported. <laughs> There's something weird about it, like Windows 8. Yeah, maybe. There, there's something weird in it, but I don't think Apple is any more evil than Google. I don't trust either one of them with all of my datas, but you know, they both have good points and bad points. And when it comes to the data tracking, they, they both have good points. Citation needed. <laughs> there's what these good points are. Yeah. I mean, they do provide services. They, uh, they let you know what's going on mostly now, even though it is all evil which is, you know, anything you have in your Gmail account, they will scan and send you ads and track you nine ways to Sunday unless you do. These, these are the services. Yes. Well, if you want free yeah. email, it is, which, again, people use it. We use it for the show because I don't care anything that comes into the show. But as you've seen now, we are using our own servers, you know, for Darren and Ryan at Grumpy Old Ben's, Darren at Random Thoughts. I have been moving away from the gmail but when you're doing things like setting different things up online it you know you grab a gmail account and you never use it for anything personal it's a service they do offer it and apple i mean the one nice thing they will offer you is that you can see the stats on who is listening on apple devices and for podcasting right now that is as far as i can tell the best free statistical package that you can get i know there are services that you can pay that will host your stuff and try to give you all sorts of analytics and demographics and things like that which i think are mainly crap anyway but apple is a way further ahead than most other platforms but i do understand it's because they're locking everybody down to using their podcast app so they know i mean i had no idea that there was the data available that there was, which shows you, you know, the average listening time and all these other sorts of things. So we can see quite clearly that at least the people that are listening on Apple devices that listen to grumpy old Ben's are listening through the whole episode so they can take our bloviating. So thank you, people that are listening on Apple right now. Thank you for listening to grumpy old Ben's all the way through. And you don't get mad at what Ryan says and turns it off, you know, turn it off because he said Apple's bad, you know? Yes. Right. Whatever you just said. You see, there you go. Become a yes man. You, you're learning from Carl or from uh, who are these podcasts. Yes. And is what you want to be instead of no, but it's the um, no, but sure. <laughs> you're not buying into that. So I, no, I, I just, I, I zoned out there. Hit uh, me with the tech story. I, then you said you had tech stories. That's why okay, we're doing well, a Monday show. And I know we had questions in the troll room from net net and others. Like, is this a regular thing now is, is a second grumpy old Benz. Is it a Monday staple yet? I try to avoid regularity. <laughs> That's why it's you need more for me. You need more fiber. Uh, are you familiar with Google Amp? Um, Google, I am familiar with. I am familiar with amplifiers, but I don't think I've ever heard Google Amp. So Amp is an acronym, stands for Accelerated Mobile Pages. I think uh, it is a uh, 
an initiative and tech set of technologies from Google to speed up browsing on the web and in particular on mobile. Cause if you've uh, had much experience with browsing on a phone, uh, one of the things that you always notice first is that the web is slow as hell, right? Images. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's not just images, um, but Google has put together an initiative so that mobile sites will be faster. Uh, this initiative is called AMP. And um, it, 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 so the, the way that AMP works is effectively uh, Google will host your page right um on on their cdn uh with stripped down css um you know stripped uh, limited stripped down css uh the only scripts are in or css is in line uh no custom javascript all images are lazy loaded uh you know a, a bunch of things that are uh quick tricks with the web to make the website faster um the the reason why this exists, by the way, uh, you know, is sites are slow to load. But uh, the reason that sites are slow to load is mainly because of Google, and uh, so Google is putting together technology to solve their own problem. But more on that later. Um, I mean, you're talking about on Android devices. I uh, not just Android. It's it's all mobile devices, but uh, and it's not even just mobile. But mobile is the the primary target of this. Um, so what Google has done is they, are uh, they have, they have taken it. They, they give you a toolkit called amp and, uh, you create your site and then Google effectively caches it on their own server, uh, strips out most of the CSS and stuff puts in their own custom optimized CSS and JavaScript, and then serves it from their CDN which makes your site very much faster on mobile as compared to if you served it from your own. Yeah. And, and there's there, I mean, there's reasons why this is faster. Uh, one of the big ones is a lot less CSS means that there's going to be a lot less rendering time. Right. Uh, stripped down JavaScript means that you're not going to have time. Um, and, and more importantly, uh, Google has one of the fastest CDNs on the planet. Um, there are downsides to this. The main one is that you're giving up the sovereignty over your own website. Uh, uh, you have to, uh, submit changes to your site to Google. Um, you, you don't have the control. Um, it, you, you have to, uh, give up a lot of the control over what your site looks like. Uh, you know, one of the things that it does is it makes all mobile pages sort of look samey because the, their, their own set of custom, uh, CSS elements that are designed for speed. Right. Yeah. You, you get, I mean, and, and maybe on mobile people don't care about the look and feel of a site, but if you're, if you're a web designer, then you, you might care, you might want, um, you know, it also, uh, because the, the domain is now coming from a Google domain. Um, you can't do domain or fil or IP filtering because it's not coming from your domain anymore. Uh, this is more for, you know, if, if you're an IT guy who wants to filter the traffic. Um, but this is something you obviously have to opt in on, correct? If a, a site owner opts in, users sure as hell don't. Right. Well, I'm saying site uh, owner is what would be concerning here. It, it's it's also um, the, you know, it, the, the standard is is open-ish, but Google are the, they own the standard entirely. You can't go change, make a change to it. 
Um, their, their source for the AMP tools are open, but Google are the only ones who can change it. Uh, it's outside of W3C. It is outside of all web standards organization. If you don't work at Google, you have zero say in how this works. Um, you, the, oh, oh and uh, the other thing is that it makes uh, all, it, it breaks all analytics except for Google's own analytics. Funny how uh, that, that kind of feeds into th- them owning the analytics space too. Right. Which because, makes sense of course, because yeah, they're, they're it, serving the content. So, it effectively changes the internet from a distributed peer-to-peer model to uh, an everybody connects to Google model, which is fantastic if you're Google. But from the perspective of the whole single point of failure, uh, whether that failure be because of a technical glitch or that failure be because Google has decided that they're going to say censor you, um, I I I can't I can't get on board with an everybody connects to Google model. Um, Given that Google has already demonstrated that their willingness to censor content on an ideological basis knows no bounds, uh, this really bothers me. Um, so, why are sites slow to load? Uh, well, well, there's a very, some, yeah. some interesting study of of big sites, uh, especially news sites, which is probably the place where this benefits the most. Um, AMP doesn't do that much for static sites, but sites like news that or blogs that update often. Um, so of the massive slowdowns, about 25% is because of JavaScript. It's scripts running from whatever. Uh, and you, you've heard my opinion on this, but yeah, just scripts. And, and frankly, Chromium, which is the browser that of course they want everyone to use has a pretty fast JavaScript engine. So, given how much the javascript is doing maybe that's fine but the other 75 percent of the real slowdown on all these sites is third-party requests it is connections to uh your analytics connections to your ads connections to your social media widgets connections to your web trackers connections to uh your your third-party doodads uh your tracking pixels um did I say ads? What most people don't realize, I mean, going back to, because I was doing web pages from pretty early on, you know, in the mid 90s, late 90s, and it was one static page. Everything, if somebody came to your web page, it was all served from one static page. There were no scripts. It was, I mean, there was the HTML code, but that was it. There was no CSS, there was no JavaScript, and that was one simple page. So you put the text, you put the images on yep. there, that was it but don't 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 get too nostalgic this was also the time of the blink and marquee tags (laughs) yes there was some really bad html tricks going on but i don't think a lot of people realize now almost all sites that you go to online including grumpy old bands random thoughts i mean they're almost all podcast well not that's a gross exaggeration but a lot of podcasters use a wordpress website with a blueberry plugin it's very easy to get up and running, but with any WordPress site, I don't know if I guess, you know, dude's name Ben do, but the average user just knows they go to a web page and they see a page. You're absolutely right when you say when you go to a web page, it's running scripts, it's querying all sorts of different websites from ad servers to social media. And it's instead of where in the olden days you had one static page that was always served. Now you have a whole bunch of crap going on which is going to slow it down. And it sounds like what Google's trying to do here 
which is also what Cloudflare and other people have tried to do is take all that stuff, create a cached page. So you're trying to take all these moving parts, make a static page, whether that exists for a minute, 10 minutes, whatever it is, everybody that hits the site in that time period, rather than your web server doing all this stuff and querying all over, it just gives you that one static page. Exactly. The, the problem that's that's rightly been identified is that the reason the web is slowing down so much is that every single site has to have two dozen call outs to third party widgets, services, images, fixtures, other stuff out on there in order to bring in the page. When most of the time, like if you click on a news story, what the user wants is the text of the news story. Maybe, maybe the images to flip through. Right. Uh, but what the site owner wants the user to do is download all of their analytics, all their ads, all of the, so Google has decided that they are going to treat the problem of too many callouts by making the callouts faster. And the reason this is the solution that Google wants is I wanted, I, I pulled up here are a list of the third party callouts from the top, uh, 200 websites on, on the web. I don't know where, where they chose the 200. But I think they chose 200 very large websites and they pulled a, the source and got a list of the top callouts. So here are the top. Would you like to guess what some of these are? I'm, I'm betting you got a pretty good idea. Well, as far as the callouts, you know, Google advertising is number one, right? Yeah. I so mean, number one, actually, number one, uh, believe it or not, is, is one that a lot of people might consider legitimate. Maybe uh, fonts.gstatic.com. The Google fonts. Yeah, um, that is what what you need when you want to put all your emojis on the page. So a lot of people think that that's actually probably pretty legit. Well, yeah, it's emojis um, and I, different fonts. I, I mean, that, that was another thing. Back I think in we'd the be happy without emojis, but well, even without <laughs> the emojis, just in the early days, using a different font, you really couldn't do it because the font had to be on the person's machine that the yeah. browser was on. And now you've got all this crap where they're trying to download fonts on the fly so, if you want to use something. So yeah, from from a web design perspective, I'd almost get that one, but that is uh that is by far the number one third party call out from websites and uh th there would be other ways to do it, but eh, okay. But let's move on to things that are a little scarier. Number 2, www.facebook.com. Well, yeah, because they that, I mean, that was one of the nefarious things which I hated from the minute it began and it's it's so common now. It's it's ridiculous. The amount of websites that want you to have to sign up for an account in WordPress is the same way if you take user accounts where in, you, you want to offer this convenience of we want you to be a member on our website, but you don't want to go through all that hassle. Log in with Facebook, log in with Twitter, log in with Instagram, right? Yeah. Or or, or the, the just the little thumbs up like button on every single page in existence. Well, yeah, you got to share socially, man. We want to go viral. So Facebook.com is number two. So uh, I'm just going to go quickly down the rest of the list. See, see if you notice a pattern in any of this. Uh, number three, GoogleAnalytics.com. Number four, Google.com. Number five, Fonts.GoogleAPIs.com. Number six, YouTube.com. Number seven, Connect.Facebook.net. Number eight, DoubleClick.net. Advertising. Google. Yeah. Number nine, CDN.Shopify.com. I'm not even sure what they have, but I'm guessing 
I, I don't know, uh, either analytics, analytics or ads. Ads, yeah. And number 10, maps.googleapis.com. Ooh, okay. Now, to show you maps or to take your location? I don't know. I, I, I really... Okay, I, some of them are really obvious. The the number, you know, the, there's two of them that are fonts. Yeah, I understand that. There's a couple of them that are obvious analytics and a couple that are obvious uh, uh, advertising. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the Shopify or Google APIs do. I know Anyways, what they, fast- the, the Google Map thing. I know with one of the plugins for Drupal and WordPress, if you have a business, which is most websites, if you're putting up a business site for a restaurant or something like that will allow you to pull an interactive Google map for people to get to your location. So it's just making it easier to sure. get direction. So that may be where no, the that's, mapping that's comes really in. valuable when you're talking about, uh, about physical locations. And, yes. and I totally understand that, but how many web pages really do that? Oh, quite a bit for any local businesses, but I don't know why that would be popping so, up. If you say, go onto a web page for like grumpy old Ben's, I don't know why you would need a mapping. Well, yeah, I, I'm grumpy old Ben may I like pull up. We could, put a widget on grumpy old Ben's that pulls up maps.googleapis and and gives a map like here is where Chirac is and here is where the left coast is. Yes, here's here's the current location of Ryan's cell phone in his yeah. drawer at home. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know if I want to be broadcasting that data. See? So anyways, uh the the point of bringing up the list is is you know, Google has correctly identified that the thing slowing down the web is all these third-party callouts, but Given that Google is seven of the top ten, uh, they don't they don't want to take the obvious solution of maybe we shouldn't be making so damn many callouts, and instead want the solution of well let's just serve the callouts all from you know uh, the pages all from the CDN and make them faster. Well, it's so, interesting. I mean, because there's a ton of different plugins that will do this on sites like WordPress and Drupal and Joomla and all these content management systems like Lightspeed Cache, which is what's recommended by the people that run our servers, our, our web host, that their systems are set up for light speed. And so that makes sense. And it does seem to speed up the serving of the web pages quite a bit. Um, but I mean, I prefer doing that locally over having Google or even places like uh, Cloudflare doing this because you see this, you know, all the time, including uh, no agenda social. Well, not all the time anymore. To be fair, Ariner has got that thing running way better than it did about a year ago. But that was one of the problems when the web server would go down, you would get the Cloudflare page saying, hey, yeah, that website's not coming in. Well, here's a here's a static version, you know, and it'll it'll give you that. Um, so, I mean, I get reasons why people use the technology, but I don't know. Uh, it is from the aspect of analytics, which is something most people really want to know how many people are hitting their website. That would seem to be a big thing you're losing out on. If, of course, then Google will just sell you on their analytics, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, the, okay. So here's here's another uh, another thing I pulled off. Actually, this was what got me into the current amp kick because the vast majority of this is is stuff that I've known about for a while. Um, there was a I, I don't know what Kinsta.com is, but there um, they did a, a case study where they installed Google Amp twelve months ago. And came out with the statistics where they said, we've decided that we're going to remove it. And uh, among other things, uh, what they determined was uh, they they said uh, mobile leads dropped by 59%. Um, now, I'm not actually certain what leads mean, but uh, it, it, 
it suggests to me sales leads, I think. Right. They, Which would make sense if you have like a landing yeah. page and if that's going to be cached. Uh, so Kinsta looks like a web host. Premium WordPress hosting for everyone okay. small or large. Well, I, I yeah, I'm not sure what leads are in the context, but it it's clearly one of the metrics they value a lot. And they said that it, and they I mean, they seem to tie it directly to their uh, the the quality, the the success of their site. Um, but their leads on mobile dropped by 59%, almost 60%. That is, uh, uh, you know, if they had 500 before now they have 200, that is significant. Um, basically people not clicking through, uh, the other statistics they got newsletter signups are down by 17%. Um, account creations during that period dropped by 10%. Um, so amp putting amp on their site they didn't change anything about their website they didn't change anything about their business they just served it a different way and notice a significant drop in user engagement that is um, kind of wild <clears throat> so i'm definitely going to put that in the show notes i wasn't i'm not going to pull too much out of it simply because i i'm not sure that i have the vocabulary to really discuss all of it but it's a pretty pretty long pretty good read well, it's an interesting so, concept. I mean, for somebody that's been into you know web design and designing websites for decades, that is, it has gone through a phase that simple is now what's back and quick is what people want, which is great because Flash is finally coming to end of life. So, I mean, that's going to be a great day. Uh, yes, only a decade or two late. I know. I can't believe it's still around, but it's finally getting the plug pulled by the end of this year. But I get where a lot of this stuff's coming from because a lot of people that are doing websites have no idea what they're doing and people like me who were professional web designers for years are much less in demand right now which is why you know i'm a podcaster because way too many people are buying into this you know i can just go to wix or i can go to one of these sites like squarespace and move a few things around with my mouse and have a web page and the professional web designers are on the topic of really slow web pages yeah you know and it's it's something that you know it's it makes sense to me because people are always looking for the cheapest way to go but i understand it's very low friction yes It, it doesn't give you the highest quality web page but in the interest of of putting that thing up and having it out there really quickly with a bunch of pre-built stuff to to customize and configure it it's a valuable service um i i mean in the long run i think things like squarespace are way too expensive and too slow and don't give you what you need but if you need a website for the long haul then go out and get somebody to make you a real site if you just need to if you're building a podcast and you just want to throw something up then maybe this is perfect well even with squarespace and i I will say uh I've designed a restaurant website for a friend on Squarespace and it works really well and it makes it very easy for even non-technical people to update it, but it is not out of the box everything you need. You do need to add custom CSS. You do need to understand how to do so the uh, search engine optimization and all that, but it is and, for the and price. by custom CSS, you mean go find a site you like and swipe theirs? No, no. I mean, you have to go through because I thought uh, that's how it worked. Well, in the old days, that was, I met a buddy of mine because uh, he stole a site and didn't pull my code out. And I was just very passive aggressive, like, hey, uh, yeah, if you're going to steal stuff, just, you know, maybe you want to take my email out of the website. But, uh, uh, oh. you know, oh, my favorite was when people would uh, would swipe images and just deep linked from the other site. Yes. 
Because then, then you change, change the image on the surface. <laughs> right. Usually it was the guy flipping them off that was just like, stop stealing my stuff. Stop stealing my bandwidth, man. But the uh, what I'm with the custom CSS on Squarespace, like one of the things I ran into was the little bar where the menu is just, you know, where the text of the drop down menu is on a full size site, not the little stuff that shows up the little burger thing on the mobile version of it. But the the solid bar behind it was black. But I wanted it to be transparent, so I had to find the CSS. Hashtag black bars matter. Yes. And so I had to find the CSS for that particular part and then overwrite it when giving it a transparency and all that. So you still, I mean, if you're you're totally happy with the themes that they're giving you, you can just kind of go for, to me, it's like they're giving you about your 80 to 90% of the way there. But if you really want the site to do what you want, you still have to have some knowledge of how css works and uh and be willing to to actually put in some work and there's one thing i know about internet users these days it's that they're afraid of knowledge and don't want to do any work that does seem to be the way it is so i don't know Uh, but i I can't totally poo poo the squarespace thing but i will say there's a reason why a lot of small business sites you know don't show up and google because google i mean they're they know uh, I read something that they're going to start penalizing you if your sites don't load fast enough on mobile for a while. Uh, back before mobile was really um, something that a lot of uh, websites worried about, Google start pinging people for that. If your site wasn't responsive, if it didn't have a mobile uh, template or something along with it, they stopped drop. You know, they started dropping you from the search results, which is like that is just such Naziistic behavior that the content might be what people want, but well, you're not putting it in a format we like, so we're going to drop you from our search results. Yay. Yeah. I, I, and and if, if Google weren't the only de facto search engine for the entire world, then I'd be totally like, yeah, they're a private company. But given that they enjoy a monopoly. <laughs> so that does tie in, though, to uh, the last section that I had on this particular story, uh, which is what can you do if you, uh, if you like me have decided that Google amp is not necessarily the direction we want the web to go. And if, uh, if you are a website operator, the answer is pretty simple. Don't use amp. (laughs) There you go. Uh. Um, I, I know that that's pretty tough, but, um, there, you know, there are a lot of, of reasons why, um, you would want to. The main reason is, oh, my page is slow. Uh, so what do you do about that? Well, um, you need to go in and think, you know, and, and again, this is this is what you were just saying, where you have to do some work, but you have to go in, you have to think really hard about, do I need all of these widgets? Do I need all of this, you know, these static upfront images? Do I, you can, you know, uh, AMP will lazy load all your images, but that's easy to do on your own site. Um, you just just think about do i need all of these things to load up front do i need this autoplay video do i need uh this third-party javascript that we downloaded from an ad agency that takes seven seconds to run um do do you really need all of that and the pages that you want to go faster start taking the crap widgets off of them uh you know go maybe move to an ad network that serves static ads uh or just image ads instead of 
uh, you know, some kind of slow JavaScript laden thing. Um, maybe do more uh, server side analytics in instead of of client stuff. Right? I mean, there there are a lot of things, and I, I've got uh, I'll throw into the show notes the the link to uh, a couple of suggested lists that say here are a ton of things you can do to your site to make it faster without having to go to amp uh and the the number one thing is start taking all of this third-party crap out uh one thing that increased by an average of like eight percent load times for pages was to take just the fonts that you need cache them on your own server instead of going out to the google servers and and serve them with the page damn made it a lot faster you know or here's an idea use normal fonts yeah use fonts that are yeah <laughs> that's uh, well again you're getting away you know, i am not a designer of anything I'm, I'm not really big on on visual design it's one of the reasons why i've never had any of my show art selected no never uh never not once i've not had a single piece of show art selected for no agenda um i've had one or two yeah uh i i'm not a good designer and so visual design is not my thing I understand there are some designers out there where the entire vibe of the whole site is broken. If you can't use one particular font that you can only get in one. Yeah. Okay. Well, figure out how to do it. But, uh, yeah, it, reducing third party requests is by far the top way as a site owner that you can make your sites faster. Um, and then go in and start trimming down your JavaScript. And, uh, that's a little more difficult, especially if you're not a programmer or if you are, contractually obligated to pull your javascript from somewhere else uh but all of that takes work and it's a lot more difficult than just oh yeah host it on our cdn um but if you do the work then you get to control your own site which is a lot more beneficial in the long run it is and i think we're going to change all the fonts on our site to uh, roboto and comic sans i think that would give everything a nice professional look i think that we should just return to a web where everything is times new roman i mean what do we need fonts for you know it's an interesting thing because web design was really only fun before mobile when everybody had a monitor that was about the same size and aspect ratio that was about the only time designing websites was fun as a designer because then when it moved to the mobile sphere it really became way more of a pain in the ass to get your content to function on a variety of screen sizes. And it still is. It's not, it's not a fun or easy thing to do anymore when you're like, well, somebody's looking at this on a 16 by nine display. That's uh, 30 inches. And then somebody's looking at it on a four inch screen. You know, See, like I said, this, this whole mobile thing was a bad idea. We should all just give up our phones. <laughs> I do like the, th- about the mobile aspect though, is websites have gotten back to just giving information rather than i mean that was the thing that i hated most about being a web designer was when clients wanted to do all the stupid web tricks for no good reason you know, you know would, if you ran if you ran u matrix and no script and, and all the blockers like i have then that never changed it's not the web just never really looked any different huh no it makes sense. I, I just get the text of the article whenever, wherever I go. There is something to be said for that. There is something to be said for just going and getting the information. And, you know, if you're running a restaurant, people want your menu. 
They want your hours. They want to know where you're located. And maybe they'd like a couple of pictures of either your food or the venue. Beyond that, nobody wants anything. That's yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing the about page that shows pictures of the chef smiling is probably not the most commonly clicked one. Probably not. You know, Although it's perfectly fine if that's on a separate page. Just don't make it a JavaScript widget that loads and is ready to pop up the moment you hover over something for every page. Yes, that slows your stuff down. The least amount of clicks people can make, the better. Of course, it becomes interesting now when a lot of websites want to go the one page and infinite scroll concept because for loading that does change things oh i hate infinite scroll entirely <laughs> you know i and i can see why because a lot of it is uh javascript i'm sure as you scroll down the page to load the next thing and uh, well, it's know- not just javascript uh the the biggest problem i have with infinite scroll is that if i ever close that tab because i i I have a tendency like most programmers to keep way too damn many tabs open. And every once in a while, I'll just batch close them and save them to bookmarks. And then I've got them there. But the problem is with an infinite scroll, you lose all context. When you close the tab, it's gone. You're right and back up least, to the top. Yeah. And, and especially if it's flowing content, you'll never see that again. Well, yeah, that's the beauty. If, that's if why you take a screenshot. Yeah, if it's pages, like, uh, say, uh, an old-style PHPBB or something, then you can link directly to a page. You can link to a piece of content, but that infinite scroll garbage is, is, it's impossible to link into a particular piece of content. All you have is the front page. Yes, yeah, you can do a, you know, using the anchor, but that doesn't always work 100%, and, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to duplicate what you want if you want to use it as a landing page Um, like the restaurant site for my friend she's like well you know people are getting really crazy because they they're doing the outside seating now which i'm wondering how it is because we have like a uh uh, a massive rainstorm going on outside right now but which is probably really bad for outdoor seating but now i'm jealous she's like uh you know people are getting a little crazy they don't even want to touch menus so she wanted a qr code which would bring people directly to the menu on the website and since it is a Squarespace site and the menu just exists on the page, it's like, OK, I'll just I'll duplicate another, you know, give you a secondary page with just the menu on it. And give you the QR code. But, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to do that. Then duplicate the thing. You have to find workarounds. But, yeah, I wouldn't want Google to be uh, with, with things like restaurants. It's like, OK, so what happens then when Google doesn't update that? We already ran into problems with third party sites. And, and this is just shows some people don't really understand how the whole internet works because a couple of times she called me and I tried to explain it. Cause she's like, well, people are like saying they're finding our menu online and they're ordering like things that we don't have any longer. And she's like, how can, how can I get that off of Google? And it's like, well, you can't, <laughs> it's a, all, one of these, all you have to do is erase Google, right? You can, you can go like, <laughs> we just saw the it crowd, uh, the episode the other day where they had the woman believing that the little black box was the internet. <laughs> so, I mean, I think some people might believe that uh, if you haven't watched the it crowd, great, great British comedy for a uh, dude's name. Ben, you know, I, I, I tried watching it. I turned it on and then I turned it off again. Exactly. Have you tried turning it on and off again? No, but you know, that is, you know, part of the issue. It's like, there was a third-party site, and it was run by GoDaddy, who is one of the most evil companies in the world. 
but they had put up a site. Man, they're hardly even on the list these days. The standards <laughs> of evil have changed so much. GoDaddy was, 10 years ago, GoDaddy probably ha- was in competition for that. But, yeah. man, I... I but taking a I mean, taking a snapshot Google, of Facebook. somebody's menu from ten years ago and leaving it up and never deleting it and you know in that restaurants getting calls from people like hey I'd like to order the shrimp it's like we don't do that anymore go to our website yeah. I don't I even understand how people find the third party things before the actual website of the restaurant but I digress search yeah <laughs> thanks thanks Google yeah thanks. so yeah as a user if for any reason you decide that you don't want Google AMP in your life, uh, there it's actually pretty easy to do. At least the steps are easy. But if you find yourself ingrained in in these habits, then uh, you might find it very difficult because people are are very much creatures of habit and don't like to do stuff. But the very first one, don't use Google search. Uh, use uh, Quant search. Use DuckDuckGo search. Use Bing search. Um, Quant and DuckDuckGo do not rank AMP sites at all, uh, which I find to be quite useful because uh, it, it filters out a bunch of garbage that I don't want. And more importantly, what you know, the 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 sites that are listed, like if I want to go to a particular site that has an AMP site, it only points me to the non-AMP version that goes to their web server. Um, that means that if you if you use one of these alternate search engines, you will never get an AMP site link. And that is probably the number one way that most people end up going to AMP sites is they go to Google and they search for something. And Google, of course, the you know, will always try to keep you inside their network because then they can keep the analytics, they can keep feeding you ads, they can keep tracking you inside their network. So if they can point you to an AMP site, they can give you the search result for someone else's page without ever leaving Google. Right. Um, um, and I, I looked up Bing also does not uh, rank app sites by default, but I found instructions where if you set up your CSS very particular ways in your app site, then Bing will rank your, it, it makes you ju- jump through some special hoops and then Bing will rank your app site. So uh, I found it, fascinating both that if if you really 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 want an amp site on bing you can do it and also why don't they just do it natively feels well, like the, the worst of both worlds but. yeah well that is the question um if you have a mobile site that you want to load quickly there are alternatives to do that besides handing it over to google but again that yeah. takes effort and maybe money so i understand the reasoning why an average small business owner or blogger is going to go Oh, I could just sign up for this Google thing. Yeah. Click. So the, uh, you know, the other, uh, the, the second way, by the way, to really speed up your browsing experience, especially on mobile, uh, without having to put up with amp sites or, or connect entirely to Google is don't use Chrome. Um, Firefox latest version of Firefox defaults to blocking trackers. That right there is going to get you a 20% speed improvement straight across the top without you out of the box, without you doing anything at all. Um, If you install an ad blocker, there's another 50% speed improvement. Uh, If you install UMatrix and you filter out all of the elements that you don't want, uh, there's, I mean, you know, I, I, 
okay, U matrix and no script. Those are, those are kind of advanced. Uh, but even before that, if you just put uh, say you block origin on uh, and you pull in uh, you know, the, the social media list to remove all of the social media widgets and the ad blocker lists and uh, you know, a number of if, just a couple lists with uh, a, a real ad blocker and you're going to filter out most of these things that are destroying your performance because the page pops up in the browser and says, you know, oh, I need a resource from doubleclick.net. And then no script or uh, uh, uBlock will go, actually, no, you don't. A <laughs> pie hole you is don't. your friend. Uh, and I was going to say that is the, the next step is uh, use a pie hole. Although uh, on mobile, it might be more difficult um, if you're out and about. Well, yeah. If you're on mobile at home, then definitely use a pie hole. Well, as um, long as the one thing some is, people don't even understand is you want to make sure if you have a cell phone, and most people do, that you connect it to your Wi-Fi. I think a lot of people who have unlimited data on their cell plans never connect it to their Wi-Fi because like, well, why do I have to? It just it works at my house. Yeah, don't use your, well, use the, your own the Wi-Fi. advantage to connecting it to your Wi-Fi. First of all, I guarantee your Wi-Fi is going to be faster than your cell plan. Yeah. If assuming you assuming you have Wi-Fi from this decade uh, <laughs> and uh, you get to put a pie hole in the way. And Which the pie is hole is real, good. You got it. I mean, it's yes. for, for for the cost. everybody needs to be using. Everybody needs to be using a pie hole because that right there filters out fifty percent of the garbage across the top and on all these sites. Just having a pie hole in your house will speed up your browsing immensely. Yes, Ned. Uh, Ned I do believe know. the pie zero will work for a pie hole without a problem. Oh, okay. I mean, all you need to do Sounds is kind of awesome. All you got yeah. to do is you, it's you just, just need you need something. That is going to use a block list to filter out all of the third party requests that are slowing your browser down because that is what is killing your browsing experience. It, it it's the solution is not to go hand your entire browsing experience over to Google. The solution is to distill your browsing experience down to the few things that you actually need, which is usually the site. Um, maybe the fonts although you know i tend to block the the fonts pay sites like g static uh I, I block those uh just out of principle and i usually get default fonts and i tell you what i can still read the page so um but yeah it, you can make your browser significantly faster not by inviting google more into your life but by filtering out google and facebook and all of these third party things that are completely unnecessary and orthogonal to the browsing experience and the reason you're on the site. Um, you don't have to block all scripts. A lot of sites just straight up break that way. Um, I consider it a feature, but I understand most people don't, but you should be blocking trackers. You should be blocking ads. You should be blocking the social media like buttons. It, it, if you've never done this, you will be completely blown away at how much faster everything gets and how much different most websites look i mean you're going to run in every now and then to a site that's like you're running ad blockers please stop but yeah you know usually and, I'll and find again it, that, that right there is a badge that says please don't use our site yes it is you know let google into your life they're making everything easier uh there was another story this week on uh, over a hundred new chrome browser extensions caught spying on users so there. I think this browser extensions kind of go along the lines of apps, which is if you don't absolutely need it for a very legitimate reason, don't 
add extensions to your browser. They're bad. Uh, the the all the extensions I use are the ones that exist for the purpose of blocking content. Yes, not stealing your your content and your data. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, the browser might be doing that. Well, yeah. who, who was the one right before the show who was like, "Well, have you tried installing Real Chrome from Google?" I'm like, no, yes. and I'm never going to do that. Fuck Real you. Chrome. Real Chrome is awesome. You need it. It's the best oh. browser out there. I mean, at least it's I not redirecting Chromium. your DNS. Like Firefox, they're all bad. That's, uh, for all the, I know, Google is redirecting your DNA. That, that is an evil company. <laughs> Where's the Sir Bemrose browser? I loved that comic strip blogger took my comment seriously about you being a great coder and having a bunch of great apps. He's like, where can you find Sir Bemrose apps? I'm like, that was sarcasm. That would take work. He hasn't actually written any apps. But I, I, I if if somebody is desperate for me to do so, I can go download the Android SDK and figure out how to scrape all the private data off of your phone and upload it to the cloud and then release that. You can go install that. It'll be just like every other app out there. So the grumpy old Ben browser will be coming soon with special may, data scraping capabilities. And then maybe for, for extra features functionality, I'll have it turn your flashlight on and off with a button press or, or, uh, you know, download fart sounds from the web and randomly play them while it's in your pocket. No, you have the flashlight turn on and off at random times in the middle of the night. That's a, and play fart sounds. Yes, yes, exactly. That would be an added feature. And we do want to thank our executive producer today, John Fletcher of the hog story Fletcher's. Available like 14 times a week at hogstory.net. It's a podcast. It's a guy. It's a girl. They talk to each other about stuff. And he is on our monthly donor list. And that just came in. So he is standing alone today on this very special Monday episode of Grumpy Old Benz. And we thank you for your support, Sir John Fletcher of the Grumpy Old Benz Experience. Thank you for your support. And uh, uh, I may I recommend that everybody listening to this live Go dial in to Hog Story. They will be on the air in about five hours, and they need your voicemails. Yes, they need a lot of voicemails. Hogstory.net. You can get the number and load up. Call up and tell them you want to keep this station on the air. Tell them how much you love Grumpy Old Benz. That would be a great episode of Hog Story. If everybody listening to Grumpy Old Benz now could just go call Hog Story and explain why you like Grumpy Old Benz and what was on the show today. And just not even really acknowledge that they have their own podcast. That'd be cool. One of these days, the, one of the days, the open phones thing is going to backfire on Fletcher. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Exactly uh, one what of these it. days. Doesn't that happen at least once <laughs> an episode? Every, every Monday. It could be every Monday night. That leads yeah. to the fun of the show. That's part of the shows so, on the no agenda stream, no agenda stream.com. There's always something fun going on 24 seven. That's where the troll room is when we do these shows live. That's the chat room we speak of is the troll room where we can get information immediately. Sir Bemrose can get fact checked immediately. That's where we can have more fun than we should be allowed to. But if you want to be one of the cool kids, you don't want to be a script kitty and you want to donate to Grumpy Old Benz because we do work on the value for value model, which means we're giving this stuff away. We're just out here. We're just peddling our squares, giving it away free. If you felt like you got something out of it, go to grumpyoldbenz.com and it, whatever it is, could be a dollar, could be $10, could be a million. You never know. One day, maybe Bill Gates is listening. And he's like, hey, I yeah. like these guys. Doubt it. But. So I have I have evidence that uh, we have at least one Grumpy Old Benz producer in China who is apparently a civil engineer, a hydrologist. Really? 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, I, my my random web clicking before the show, I found this and I just had to bring it up. Um, I also, I call this evidence. I don't know that it's proof, but the title, this is from Taiwan News. The title is Expert Warns China's Three Gorges Dam in Danger of Collapse. Now, if that doesn't sound like a grumpy old Ben's producer, I don't know what is. It is an expert, but we can't get data out of China. That's a big problem because we're blocked, I'm sure, in China. But if somebody knows what they're doing in and, China. And, with and the I VPN, tell you what, if a dam is ready to collapse in China, that is something that the government will not let people know about. <laughs> not until it's way too late. And uh, the whatever village deer has been wiped out. And uh, yeah, they, they have a tendency to clamp down on the media to clamp down on information which is where we started this episode and that's where we'll be ending it which is you should be very worried when whether it's google whether it's the media that are censoring that are stifling voices that are allowing just absolutely insane stuff to be passed as journalism i don't know i it feels like we're fighting a losing battle and it, it's something that has, you know, I, we've been aware of the possibility of this happening for about the last 10 years or so. But it seems like there is a massive push, which only leads me to believe there's a lot of people really afraid that Donald Trump might win reelection yet again, which is the only thing that explains the ins- a lot of the insanity that's going on right now. But well, they better get used to the idea. Yeah. So we appreciate everybody that lets us rant. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do so at Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at GrumpyOldBenz.com, or Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at GrumpyOldBenz.com. We have uh, all sorts of different things. Just go to the website. It's fun. You can get the QR code if you want to do the Bitcoin thing, PayPal, the P.O. Box address. We appreciate all the support, both financially and not, for the people that show up and, and troll along. And, and when you tell Sir Bemrose he's wrong, we should have a, we should have like a bounty like these places do when people find bugs. If somebody can prove Ryan Bemrose wrong, we should have like a $5 gift card or something we send out. It'd be a great idea. We might lose a lot of money though. Wait, that's, that's probably not a good idea. We'd be, we'd be broke. But with that said, we will be back on Friday. I mean, God willing with the rain outside, I might, uh, we might <laughs> I hope the house is still here, but until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I'm getting my uh, swimming gear on just in case. Wait, do we, do we lose Bemrose? It says he's connected. I don't know. He probably had to go pee. So he doesn't get to say goodbye, I suppose. <laughs> Later. That's how the pros do it. And now you close the damn show. <laughs> That's how the you pros were, do it. Oh my God. I was dying to pee and you, you were like winding down the show and I'm like, That's fine. I'll just sit here and wait. And then you're like five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Like, holy fuck. How long is he going to talk before he closes this damn show so I can pee? <laughs> this is how the pros do it. It's just like, finally, I'm right. like, okay, screw it. He's never going to shut up. I'm going to go use the bathroom. <laughs> Ryan left and the show is now over. Yes. And it was a beautiful close. From, yeah.
from from America's left coast where the marquee and blink tags are still web standards. <laughs> I mean, I could splice that in, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs>